episode number 368, Watching the Escape Room Franchise with John Haru. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. And welcome back to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here with a uh, friend, family. That's it. He's podcast family. John, how are you? John, how's it going? And if uh, it's going all right, and everybody knows that if I'm here, nobody else is. Because <laughs> that's just the way that's just the way podcast with me on it works when it comes to strangers and aliens. Didn't I, I'm, have I'm the, I, Steve on once. No, we wanted no. to. No, I I am your imaginary friend when it comes to strangers and aliens. You're the snuffleupagus of strangers <laughs> and aliens. Something like that. When Snuffy's around, no one else is, and they all. I, just I am. Miss him. I am the Jeff to Ben's today special. Nice. <laughs> I, I right. figured I'd throw some Canadian children's entertainment in there. Yeah, yeah. And that one, now you got the theme song stuck in my head just by, by saying that. But um, <laughs> yeah, so this is a podcast about pop culture, Christianity. And when we, the other thing I thought you were going to say is when you're on, we're probably going to be talking about horror. Um, and because you know, that this, is this where really... you, you, you tend to fall with, with uh, your guest appearances. Yeah, I have a hard time calling these movies horror films, though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they could I, I mean, be. I have they very time... easily the trailers present them as horror movies. Let's put it that way. I'll give it that. It's, I, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, the kids' bop version of the Saw franchise. I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'll be, I'll be honest. Um, I wasn't really necessarily planning on seeing the uh, escape room tournament of champions or escape room tournament of champions. Ugh. Cause it's the, they, they, they missed an opportunity there, but, um, but we were in one of the chats, you were talking about some movies. It came up and we were talking about escape room. And I thought, you know what? I like going to see movies and there are movies finally coming out now. So I went and saw black widow last week and then this week i went and saw escape room tournament of champions but i did it after watching the first one i rented it on prime watched it so i could experience the whole franchise in two days because that's I, the whole I, franchise <laughs> i own the first one and i watched the first one yesterday in order to prep myself for the second one because it had been a minute since i'd seen it so i just wanted to freshen up on it but as it turns out, 
they do the 80s trope of recapping the whole movie within the first 10 minutes of the film. Or just the TV trope of previously on. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, quickly, non-spoilery. Okay, that's going to be hard. Let's, well, this is more, what are your impressions of the the movies? And, and do you recommend them? And, and who do you recommend them to? Okay. Yeah. You want me to go first on those then? Well, I can and give you time to think about it because I can do either. I, I've okay. put a lot after watching number two today, I've, I've, I've put a lot of thought on, into these movies. I, I have so many thoughts that I have thunk <laughs> and I'm not quite sure how much it deserves the thoughts that have been thunk, but the concept's the really way, good. Well, I mean, yeah. the way, the way I see it is if there's a movie that's sticks with you longer than a half hour after you've watched it. It's kind of a good movie. You know, it, it's, it's done what it was supposed to do by making you think about it. Fair enough. I think, I think you definitely have a, a valid, valid, valid point there. Actually, you know what, before we do that recommendation first, let's do a mostly spoiler free plot synopsis of the movies to give a little bit of context to our, our conversation. And I do say mostly, quote unquote, spoiler free, because, I mean, there's a sequel to the first movie. And so things that happen in the second movie, well, you kind of know that there are going to be like people who survive the first movie in order to have the second movie, generally speaking. So we're going to spoil things a little bit just in the sense that second movie happened. Spoiler alert. The two chapters of Escape Room are more or less the story of Zoe and Ben. Zoe is a good-hearted but damaged uh, genius college student with a tragic past. And Ben is a damaged grocery store stock boy slacker with a tragic past. They find themselves with an invitation in the form of a puzzle box inviting them to a great escape room experience. And they arrive to a waiting room where they are joined by uh, a damaged war veteran with a tragic past, a rich stock trader with a tragic past, an escape room fanboy with a, a tragic past, a truck driver who used to be a miner with a tragic past. And there just might be a theme there, a theme that they will discover as they move from room to room. The waiting room is the first room, which turns into a great oven. And then they move into an outdoor winter cabin scene. And from there, they go to an upside down billiards room with a drop away ceiling, which is actually the floor because it's upside down. And there's a massive shaft below them. And then they find themselves in a hospital room that has details from all of their tragic pasts. And each of these rooms feature deadly puzzles that must be solved and, and people die, and the group gets whittled down as they go along until there is a winner. And the people behind the puzzle rooms, Minos, which is a Greek name that references uh, King Minos and the Minotaur, who had a labyrinth that was perhaps the first escape room of all time. Anyway, there is a winner, and the people behind the puzzle room, Minos, reveal themselves and reveal what is going on. But while the escape room was defeated and our heroes leave it behind, they can't leave the experience behind. And so they research and find out details, and they realize that there's a place in New York that just might be Minos's base, or some important place for them. Credits roll. 
And then, after a previously on sequence in the second movie, we pick up where we left off. Zoe and Ben decide to go after Minos, so they find themselves in New York. A series of events brings them to a subway car and a new set of escape rooms with a new set of people. In addition to Zoe and Ben, we get some other survivors of other escape rooms. It's like a tournament of champions, so to speak. There's a husband and father. There's a woman who's tough and feels no pain, who was originally in a group of people who were tough and felt no pain. There's a priest experiencing a crisis of faith who was originally in a group of people who were priests. There is a social media media influencer who was originally in a group of people who were social media influencers, and they find themselves making their way through new rooms, more complicated rooms, uh, rooms with a bigger budget. The sequel changes the rules from the original slightly and makes things bigger and more intense, and the stakes are a little higher. And in the end, there's some twists and turns and reveals, and apparently some of the things that happened earlier were not as they seemed surprise and the survivors leave the escape room stepping into a cliffhanger ending that will prove to raise the stakes once more in the sequel or leave people hanging if there is no sequel we're talking about two different movies so go ahead and, and just your impressions of the movie to someone who hasn't seen it before are you trying to get them to see it or are you telling them you should pass um well my as much as hard of a time as I would give these movies to call them horror, they would be perceived by the the general masses as being horror films. And conversations I've had, I've come to terms with the fact that horror is not a genre that's for everybody. So my initial response to it would be, like the best person, the best people that I think would enjoy this the most would probably be people who were really into horror and then got saved <laughs> and were like really into the Saw franchise, but don't really want to see the gore or the potential nudity in the, in the uh, Saw movies. So this will scratch that itch because it does, it, it scratches the saw itch. And I, you know, I, I joke about it being, uh, the, 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 uh, kids bop version of the saw movies, but it kind of is. I mean, it, it, it's basically what the saw movies would look like if you were watching them on vid angel. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, here's my thing. If you're looking at like my four, uh, the quadrants that I talk about sometimes the plot and character and, and style and themes. Um, there's a lot to talk about with, with plot, but I'll say right now, the characters, I enjoyed the characters as they were going through the things that they were going through. And the, uh, the style, there was times when I'm wondering what's going to happen next. And I I really Mm -hmm. was like, okay, how are they going to get out of this? How are they going to escape uh, the room um, that the title comes from, how are they going to get through? Who's going to make it through? Um, and so I'm asking those questions. And and even in the second one in the theater, uh, I was getting excited in, in some of the scenes. And and uh, so I, I enjoyed it that way. Now, there's there's some plot stuff that we'll talk about when we turn on the, the spoilers, because yeah. there's that's where when you start thinking about it, if you ask why a little bit too much, you may not be satisfied. 
mm-hmm. if you're just ready to go along on a roller coaster, that's going to take you from point A to point B, opening credit, end credit. It's, I think it's worth watching. But um, one of the questions we used to ask was, is it uh, don't watch, stream, rent, buy, or theater? Mm. And and this is definitely one, like if if it's something that you already have paid for, like a streaming service you've already paid for, um, yeah, click on it. You're good. Maybe rent. Maybe rent. I think you could, you, you don't have to see it in the theater though. Mm-hmm. Although seeing it on the big screen, the second one yeah, on it, the big screen, there, that was, there are some big moments. There's a, there's a, there's a bit of spectacle to them. I, and, and, and that's, that's what makes that rating system a little difficult. Um, I wish I had seen the first one on the big screen. I intended to when it first came out. Uh, but for whatever reason, life got in the way and it's just like, uh, I don't got time. And then I ended up watching it on Blu-ray when I bought it. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have seen that on the big screen. The second one, it, I, I, I would probably put the second one at a rental based off of your rating system on there. It, it's worth for me, it's worth spending the money for, um, because that's kind of how the big studios gauge whether or not they want to make any more of them is how much, you know, how successful it is financially. And I would like to see more of these movies myself. So, you know, I, I would say, yes, I would probably pay money at some point to see it specifically. I'm not necessarily thrilled that I paid ten and a half dollars to see it today, <laughs> but you know, it, it had a lot of spectacle to it. So I'm not upset about it, but had I known what I know now, I'll probably rent the rest of them going forward. This, uh, there's another franchise this reminded me of, and that is the Final Destination franchise. I could see that. And and a lot of that is just because there's just a lot of setup and a lot yeah. of uh, Rube Goldberg type scenarios that you're going through. And um, so if you like the tension that gets ratcheted up as you're just waiting, okay, I know they're supposed to, or they could die here in final destination is you're just waiting for what is going to be the cause for them to die Mm -hmm. right now. Um, And then when it happens, it's like, okay, that's not what I was expecting, but there was something in the corner of the room that I didn't know was there. (laughs) That's why they died instead of the Mm -hmm. ax that was like hanging from a rope in the middle of the room. It's it's a little uh, a spider in the corner of the room who bites him or something like that. Right. Um, that's not a scene from any of those movies. But uh, it reminds me of that. And then it also reminds me of uh, the Cube movies, which I wasn't sure if we wanted to talk about that. Well, that <laughs> might be what, later when we bring you on for your annual or almost annual uh, Halloween episode. It, I, I don't know. Those might be what we're going to talk about is the, those Cube I, movies. I, I am OK with watching those. Um, I'm still I'm still. Uh, picketing for uh devil but you know cube the cube and, you know, you, franchise you've, you've brought up devil so many times that i'm just like i, I think i need to see a breakdown and watch the thing because you should you should yeah. and you can thank me after the fact but, but uh but cube it's a completely different kind of thing it's a sci-fi movie franchise now where there's three of them um but they're just going from room to room cube mm-hmm. to cube and uh you're just again you're waiting to see how are they going to die are they going to make it through? And so that's kind of what, what this, this, these two movies reminded me of. You know, I would actually put these two movies in the sci-fi field too. If you think about it, just with some of the things that they do. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And, we, and we've got to talk about some of this, especially in this one where they kind of, they fake you out by filming it one way. And then you see actually, oh no, what I just saw wasn't what I was really seeing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe this would be more of a thriller because it's regular person being thrown into a situation by other supposedly regular people. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, they're very powerful, regular people who have right. political monetary power. Although we don't know and who are it is. incredibly bored. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, if I'm giving stars, I'm giving about three stars to both of these movies, uh, three out of five, maybe dipping a little lower than maybe two and a half. Um, but they're worth watching if you're if you want something to watch and you want to get the the blood going a little bit and feel a little tense. Well, our our common friend uh, J.S. Earls, I was talking to him today in a chat that we have for a different podcast that he and I share, and uh, I had mentioned that uh, I went and saw that movie, and he'd asked me, you know, was it good? And I said, my response to him was, it was an excellent distraction. <laughs> And I think that's, that's how I would describe both movies. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to do now is we're going to talk spoilers. And that means like, if you haven't seen the movies and we haven't sold you on them, go ahead and keep listening, you know, but if you haven't seen them and you want to see them, we're going to spoil a lot specific stuff because we have to really, if you're going to talk about this movie, you have to talk about the kills. You have to talk about the plot that's going on behind the room um, what's going on with the characters, how they retcon things from one movie to another. And yeah, so there's going to be a lot of spoiler talk right about now. Spoilers. 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 All right, John. Tell me, um, <laughs> where do you want to start? I guess is really what uh, I want you to tell me where to start. I mean, the whole entire time I'm watching the movie, the, uh, new movie, I'm just constantly doing comparison and contrast between the two movies, but something else I did say in my conversation with the rest of the playing games cast on the chat today was really when, I mean, I, it wasn't on in the first movie, but in the second movie, if you peeled back the glossy veneer that's in front of this film, you can see a lot of 80s horror franchise tropes that are being used in this movie. Um, specifically, when it starts out with the seven and a half minute recap of the last movie, that happens so frequently in 80s horror franchises. Um, <clears throat> you have the return of characters that you initially thought were dead but then they lampshade it with if you didn't see it 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 didn't didn't happen happen. you didn't see me die you saw me fall yeah so you had that going for you um just and then the whole oh it's an end but it's not (laughs) haha um just so much so much there's so much i'm just like oh my gosh they're setting this up they're acknowledging the campiness of the movie by just putting these tropes into it. And I think it's a little bit of a head nod to just the people who, who would almost like an Easter egg really for people who would, who would catch them. Just like we're acknowledging that 
we're going to go a little bit corny with this and that's okay. Um, well, they're, they're doing the same thing, mm -hmm. only a little bit bigger Mm -hmm. and a little bit cornier. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, I think one of my biggest gripes I have about the new movie, are are we going in any specific order and how we're talking this about? No, I think we're just going to talk. Yeah. Let's just talk. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think one of my biggest gripes that I have about this movie or not necessarily gripe, but I think that one of the biggest reasons why this movie wasn't as good as the first one is because if the character deaths didn't mean anything in this movie through the whole entire first movie, while they were going through the escape rooms, you were getting bits of backstory and you were getting to know who these characters really are in real life. And you were developing some kind of relationship with these characters. And it was a whole, the, the, it was a whole show. Don't tell sort of thing. They didn't do that so much in this movie. It was just like, Hey, we've beat the game too. And now we're back in it again. Yeehaw. And if any backstory was brought into it for the people who are in it this time, um, it was all just very quickly brushed over in dialogue. And so then these people would die in the movie. And it's just like it, 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 the, the kill scenes didn't have the gravitas that the, that they did in the first ones because it was just like, okay, well that was a stranger. So bye, I guess. Yeah. Well, and, and the backstory as you're watching the second movie, which is the tournament of champions. So these are all survivors from the, uh, the game or whatever, you, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, and Ben called it out in the movie. He's like, wait, they just let you go because at the end of his game, they were going to kill him. You know, but the, they all finished the game and were apparently let go. That's their backstory. Their backstory is, okay, so what was your theme of your game? Mm-hmm. And so for one, it was, I'm an influencer and I, you know, do this and this and I, and I have a, you know, 500,000 viewers or whatever. And then another one, it's, um, I can't feel pain. And so everyone in my game couldn't feel pain or whatever it was. And, and that kind of was the background, except for the first kill. He's the guy who is talking to his wife right. on the phone and it's her birthday today. And of course, you know, he's going to die. Right. I didn't expect him to go first, but no, no, that, that caught me off guard. Usually they'll milk that a little bit. And you're, yeah. Oh, he's going to make it home. He's going to make, uh, no, yeah. now he's just jelly on the wall. But you're right. In the first one, in the first one, I was disappointed as they would die, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just trying to think like, who's how many of these guys are going to survive? It's supposed to be just one, but I bet we can get two or three out of this. And, and then as they're dying, I'm just like, I didn't want to see that one go. I didn't want to see that go because you kind of like them. You like their personalities, their backstory, Except for the stockbroker. Nobody liked the stockbroker. Right. The right. <laughs> but he's the one they actually gave a good chunk of backstory to before the, the, the game started. Uh, I think maybe so you don't like him. He's very full of himself, very confident. And then also a liar. <laughs> yeah, well. that was the other thing that surprised me is as they were giving us backstory for characters that we didn't see on screen before they started, there were a few times where the backstory kind of changed because he told one story and then they figure out, actually, no, no, no. I, I bet you actually killed that guy on the boat Yep, that you said swam away, you know, and 
I don't know. The first one, I just felt like had more storytelling going on, better yeah. storytelling going on. And I also felt like because they didn't focus on why the the movie ends and you're just, okay, so but why, what's going on here? Why, why did this happen? And, and then they have the tag scene, which that, that tag, I kind of almost killed it for me. It killed you're the mood for the, me for sure. When you say the tag scene, you're talking about the, at the very end with the air, the, with the airplane. With the airplane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, severe spoiler alert for everybody out there. I'm going to talk very specifically about the end of this movie, this new movie, because there's one thing that makes no sense to me to it. So just throwing <laughs> that a out lot. there. <laughs> but go ahead. Um, so her psychiatrist, she she sees her on the plane at the end. So obviously she works for Aminas and then she goes and points her out and she's pretending like, Oh, I don't actually know you. And she's there on the plane and then the plane starts crashing. And it's just like, so what you work for this company and you're just going to volunteer to go on this plane to crash. I mean, it, it just, it makes no sense. I got the impression that it might not have actually been her psychologist. That it might have been someone who does look a lot like her, but had the stuff. Because so this is what I don't understand. First of all, when you start asking why, why are they doing this? What's the purpose? Okay, so they 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 set up. There's a lot of rich people who want to watch something and get and get a thrill because our world mm -hmm. doesn't have thrills anymore. Okay, that's enough for the first movie. But if you're gonna go into the second movie, where they're, you know. It, I don't know. They they don't they don't give a lot of background. They don't reveal too much more, but then what they do reveal just asks a lot more questions that make a lot less sense <laughs> than than the first one did. Right. And and that that bothers me a little bit. And but like I said, if you if you don't ask why, you're okay. But it's like a lot of a lot of conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. Okay, current conspiracy theories and I'm not going to throw any out there specifically but i could but there's a lot of them that once you start asking why like why are they doing this 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 very very big global thing that costs so much money why 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 you know once you start asking why on some of these things kind of breaks down the what and that's what happens here with this movie a little bit is mm -hmm. why where is this coming from and how are they getting away with it? And I mean, they kind of show it a little bit. That's one thing I did appreciate about the first movie was all the people who died. They had newspaper articles that she found. Right. And it, it was covered up, you know? And so with that one, you're kind of asking the whys, but then when you get into this new one, it's just, wait a minute. <laughs> this, this is starting to not make sense. Why are they handing over the keys to the game to players? Of the game. Right. Kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. And honestly, as much as uh, Deborah and uh, I can't remember her last name, but from Daredevil, um, she's cool. I like her. She's she's a geek like us, you know, and it's fun to see her on screen. But she was not the one to bring back. You want to bring back someone to be a game master to create the game. You bring back the game guy who, who drowned and he's perfect. 
he'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. But I knew she wasn't dead as soon as in the second one, they showed us some scenes that we didn't see in the first one. Right. That were flashbacks to mm-hmm. advice. The and, scenes. Yeah. Yeah. They talk about things that didn't actually happen on screen in the first movie. Oh, I told, I told them, I told her all about my airplane crash and how my mother died and no, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Oh no. They just showed us because they reshot it. Um, <laughs> although fair enough, it could have been a, a deleted scene. Um, except that it wasn't, yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. It, it's not the worst retcon I've ever seen that, that the movie that takes the cake for that was the last, uh, resident evil movie that was so bad with retcon i did not see the last one so Um, i i binged them before the second to last one you know and it's funny that it's funny that i bring this up because i wasn't intending on bringing up the resident evil movies initially but that that was actually where kind of where my mind was drifting when I was watching the second one here. It's like these movies are also scratching that Resident Evil movie itch in that they're entirely implausible and aren't the greatest scripted things in the world, but they're sure fun to watch. The implausibility though, is that why you, you would kind of classify these as science fiction? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and then like the whole laser beams in the bank thing. I mean, <laughs> mm. so you got all these rooms, you know, and, and in the first movie, you have the the waiting room that turns into an oven and they have to get out of that. And then you have they're in a cabin in the woods and it's in the winter and mm. it's very elaborate and, and they have to get out of that. And then it's the upside down billiards room. That mm-hmm. has the ceiling falling away, and that's where Deborah Ann Wall, I think, is her name. Um, I where don't know she name in these. she falls through the ceiling, but then she falls through a holographic floor <laughs> onto a mattress, <laughs> and right, and that's that's it. But the you don't see the that bit movie. until the second one, right? I, and, I, the, and really, the first movie is a whole lot more plausible than the second one. Is all I'm saying. And then all of these rooms have puzzles that they have to solve. And, and that's exciting and it's fun. And have, have you done escape rooms? Uh, no. I've done I've one heard- escape room and, and it was a lot of fun. It w- we got really, really competitive. It was my office um, at work and uh, we, were doing, we were doing that as a, a team building thing and we got really competitive. And I'm not sure how team building it was because we were split into two teams <laughs> and it was team building for half, but the other half, not, not so much. Nice. But, uh, but yeah, in this new one, then you have um, holographic walls mm-hmm. that look like a street scene. And when they show you the street scene at, sure, at first, it's just shot on the street, you know, mm-hmm. and there's depth of field and the people are tricked. And then you realize, oh no, it's actually a projection wall. Mm-hmm. It's a little bait and switch. Stylistically, they were showing us what the people were kind of seeing, I guess. Right. And then they showed us the real thing. But but yeah, the, the bank scene where you have to walk on the tiles and if you step on the wrong tile, lasers come. And um, yeah, <laughs> this is where you have uh, the most lucky people in the world. 
right. that are standing in the exact spots where the lasers are going to miss them when they turn on. Yeah. And that kind of brings me to talk about that bank scene kind of there. There was something about how they gave the a character treatment that they did that kind of rubbed me a little raw too was where they had the, they had the priest in there and, and his whole thing was, Oh, they were seeing if faith had to put, came into play with how we survived or whatever. And then the way they treated his character for the rest of his time on screen, he, they basically just made it seem like faith was a mindless thing. Uh, especially when he was walking the uh walking on the uh tiles it's just because there there's a part where he he they they have the answer to half of the tiles and they're looking for the other half he's like this is what i'm here for this is where they got me why they got me last time and so he just closes his eyes and starts walking on random tiles which he gets it for the first couple and all of a sudden oh laser grid and, and then it's just he like falls Hits his head, but his feet are still on the tile that's gotten pressed down Indiana Jones style. Mm -hmm. And so they can't turn the lasers off until they're able to pull him off of that. Um, Yeah. By the way, I wanted to see the movie of the priests. Where you have. I would watch that. I would watch that. Maybe they can do like escape room origins. I would watch that. Something. I mean, that that sounds fascinating. Like there is just. And and I figured if they were going to throw priests into this scenario, it was more not to see does faith have a, a factor in their their survival, but is the breakdown of their morality. You know, right. as as you are faced with the impossible situation where there can only be one survivor, what's going to happen? You know, right. and 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 you know, I guess the funny quote unquote funny comedy version of that is that they're all willing to die. <laughs> and so now, <laughs> now it's not a fight to see, can I survive? It's a fight to, you know, er, you guys go ahead. You guys all survive. It, it, it's <laughs> like watching people with the, with the, uh, it's, it's, it's like watching people with a check at the, at a restaurant after a gathering. Oh, let me get that. Just, just let me, Oh, I'll die here. I'll die here. You go ahead. No, that's fine. That's no, let me, let, let me, let me do it. I, She's like, oh my gosh. Exactly. And it kind of becomes that then for him. That's the one good thing that came out of his character arc was at that end point where he's like, I have to rescue this person. And he jumps into the sand, you know, and, and he ends up dying. Although we didn't see him so they could bring him back. I was about to say, I guarantee you he's not dead. They, they lay down a new movie rule in this movie. I mean, I, any horror fan out there knows that if they lay down a rule in the movie, it's valid from that point forward. If you didn't see it, it didn't happen. So, and the fact that the fact that Ben's character, I think his name was Ben yeah, from the first movie, the fact that Ben survived going through the sand the same way that uh, the priest, the same way the priest did that priest is alive. They're gonna. I guarantee you, they're gonna bring him back and have him be the game, the game maker in the they next. They can movie. absolutely use him for sure. Like he's he's a playing piece that they now have when mm-hmm. they set the board for the for the next one. Um, I don't know if they want to. I'm not sure if that character is compelling enough to bring back. But I liked him. 
I liked them outside the fact that they made it. They made faith seem mindless, but you know, uh, I I didn't feel like they made faith seem mindless. I felt like they made him seem like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> And and he has faith, you know, and so what that might even say something a little more insidious than what you're you're suggesting, where it's like you're an idiot if you have faith, but because right. the dude like they they're begging him to stop, and he's just like, no, no, I got this, I got this, because and he's stepping forward like Indiana Jones, you know, the the step of faith or whatever in Last the Crusade, man. And, huh? The penitent man, yeah, yeah. So. But I feel like he does redeem himself there at the end with the yeah well, the end of his arc anyway. In this movie, yeah, I yeah. guarantee you he'll be back. He'll be they back. Make another in- one, but I. Here's the thing, though. I will be watching if they make a third one. At this point, I'm invested enough in asking myself <laughs> the questions of what in the world. Why do they care so much about getting this girl to do the plane thing, right? Mm-hmm. So they create the plane thing at the end of the first movie. And then they're teasing. Like I got tickets to go to New York because I found the coordinates for where they, their, their bases, you know? And mm-hmm. then we go to the next movie and she's like, I still can't fly. <laughs> I, I, they had three, three false starts or whatever with buying plane tickets and they're going to drive. They go through everything. And it's just the ending of this one. The second one was so weak where it's this idea of the psychologist says, what's it going to take to get you on that plane? <laughs> and she says, right. it's going to take me um, shutting this down. They can't do this anymore. And so everything is wrapped up so neatly and tightly, but done in such a way that you know it's not real. Right. Like the cops are just like, hey, so we did this, we did this, we did this, we did this. It's all done. And mm-hmm. nice, you know, smile on his face and you just now. Oh, and by the way, real. here's that stolen trinket from the beginning of the yeah. movie that we just <laughs> happen to have. Well, the guy was working for the, like they showed that guy, the homeless guy being arrested. Right. And so, but that's evidence. Like, I don't know if they hand that over so quickly. No. And another thing that I will say that I did like, and I have to wonder if it was uh, specifically a nod to the cube movies or not, but there's the scene where they break out. They break out at the end (laughs) and it shows them running across and there's all these just they're about the size of uh, semi trailers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. yeah. They're giant boxes that are just being shifted around. And I'm like, it's cube. That is what they do in cube. It's it's also legitimate transport boxes like that's that's what they do with them. Like they're, they're moving. If you've ever seen them get loaded onto the transport ships and stuff like that, like it's right. But I think the insinuation was that's that, you know, that was them shifting the escape rooms around for people who are in there. So one, I'm willing to bet there were more people in that building than just them. And two, I gotta believe that that was an intentional reference to the cube movies, just to just a nod because it was so much like what they showed at the uh, towards the end of the uh, first cube movie. I'm curious how much acknowledgement they, they give to this. Cause I haven't done any digging into any behind the scenes with these movies. And I, I really don't think I'm going to, <laughs> <laughs> I can guarantee I'm just going to see the third one. I'm not messing with behind the scenes stuff, but fair enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, the big question of why that kept coming up was just 
this movie ends on a cliffhanger where they finally get her on the plane. And it almost feels like this entire movie was just about getting her on that plane. Because the question is, what's it going to take to get you on that plane? And then her therapist is saying, this is a clue. This is a clue. This is a clue. This is a clue. She's on the plane and she sees the person who looks like her therapist who may be, I, at first it, I thought it was. And then when they showed her, I couldn't tell mm-hmm. if, if she was or not, because she actually says, excuse me, I thought you looked like someone I know, but mm. then she has the purse. She has the pen. She has the book. Right. And it's just, was this whole thing just to get her on the plane because they're so, I don't know, so proud of that escape room. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but so this is where third movie has to wrap up questions for me. It, it has to. They can create new questions, but they have to wrap up the, the questions from the first and second movie. They won't. This, they is, this, is, this is lost all over again. They're just going to keep creating more <laughs> questions. And then when it ends, it just ends without answering any of the questions that you have. Which is possible. If there's no third movie, that's what just happened then. You know? <laughs> oh, there will be a third movie. I, I don't think that they're making these movies for very much. There's a lot of there's a lot of green screen going on. So there's a lot of green screen and also a lot of small sets with moving parts. That's the like, reason why the Saw movies worked so well is because they were making the movies for dirt cheap and they were getting crazy returns. So and I, mean, if, mm-hmm. I mean, you've just got the the one room is the same one for every room that they move into just it's it's a different room but they well, only have to create one ben i mean let's let's be real here can canadian cinema do anything that isn't considered as a cheap budget movie can they yes <laughs> do they <laughs> the most famous movie out of canada that at least of this genre of the horror genre that i can think of is probably going to be black christmas <laughs> i I haven't seen that one, so well. At least I don't think I have. The Cube movies are great, low budget sci-fi horror. Mm-hmm. That, and when I say great, I mean they did a great job with the budget that they had to yeah. make something with that budget. I mean, I mean, I, I. Okay, confession time. I own all three, although I've only seen the first one. Um, but you know, for that first one was good enough that you know, I've seen it a couple times. So, oh okay. Uh, so I mean, it's not like it was a bad movie or a bad series by any stretch. I mean, you can see the budget on it, but they did they did the best they could with what they had to work with. Is kind of where that comes from, which you can say most horror movies <laughs> are generally doing. They're, they're trying, you know, they try yeah. hard. So before we run out of time. Um, let's talk a little bit about what is this movie or these movies trying to say? Is there any thematic value? And I feel like there's been, there's kind of pockets of things that are, are moments of, I don't want to say brilliance, but moments of, of, uh, clarity. Sure. Yeah. I, what, okay. So back to like when I was talking about the, the conspiracy theories and mm-hmm. when you start asking why a lot of them start unraveling, mm-hmm. but people aren't always asking why, um, there, there was that that was kind of going on. That's kind of outside of the movie, but inside of the movie, um, I loved the therapist talking about your truth 
And, you know, you get that in a lot of different places where they're talking about your truth, your truth, your truth, um, as if to say, my truth is true for me and your truth is true for you. And if they're not, if they don't align, it, it doesn't matter. It's still your truth, you know. But then she adds on to that with the whole, when you're a hammer or when you have a hammer, everything you see is a nail. Mm-hmm. And the the impl- implication there being, okay, you may have, quote, your truth, but that doesn't make it true. When you have a hammer and everything you see is a nail, it they aren't, you know? You, you need other tools to mess with other things, and you're going to break things if everything is a nail, because not everything is. And I found it interesting. They're kind of going around and, and talking about it in a different way than a lot of pop culture does, where mm-hmm. your truth is true for you. But here she's saying, you have your truth, but it is it true? You know, maybe you need to right. accept the idea that it's not. Of course it is. You know, like everything she sees is part of this escape room thing. Um, and then it turns out it is true. <laughs> because, hey, it's Zoe. She's our main character. You know, she's not crazy. Although... That'd be a nice twist in movie three. Maybe then you could say that there's a weak connection here, Ben. I, I think so. <laughs> in in that this movie gives a case for absolute truth. No, that's that's what I'm saying. It, it's yeah, it's it's a weak, it's a very it's a very good weak connection. To reference that <clears throat> video you made that isn't really referenced anymore. I do every once in a while bring up the weak connection because I still use weak connections. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's part of what I do. (laughs) It's, I think whether or not it's unintentional, I don't know, but I think one of the things that the, that both movies do is that it champions selflessness, Mm -hmm. which I think it, which I think is a, a good moral theme that runs through them. Uh, Again, I don't know if they do it intentionally, but um, it, it it champions selflessness in that there are individuals when people die and people do die in these movies. um, There's people when they die who are being selfless and it's just like, Oh, like, I don't know any of the actors or actresses names in these movies. So you'll have to forgive me when I describe them in generalities, but army lady who was in the first one, who comes back in the second one, mm-hmm. that's Deborah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, when, when she goes, you know, you, you felt it and, and she did it for a very, she died for a very selfless reason. Um, the priest who quote died in the second one, you know, again, very selfless. And, that was the common theme. Like when, when she was forced with the, uh, join us and build our puzzles or Ben's going to die. Um, she was willing to die with Ben just, you know, to make sure that it doesn't happen anymore or that she's not complicit to it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's a, it's a reoccurring thing that shows up about, you know, or, when Ben supposedly died, but you know, he later came back, but when he went in the quicksand, it was because he was waiting up for the one lady on the beach who was trying, who found the other exit. 
you know, the he was trying to make, exit. Yeah. Yeah. He was trying to make sure she could, uh, make it to the lighthouse where they were all going to. So uh, there's a common theme of selflessness and, and, uh, the greater good, so to speak that I think ran through. And I that. think that that's intentional. Like you're, you're saying you weren't sure if it was intentional or not, but I do think that's intentional. Zoe, of course you, you name any character Zoe. Zoe means life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she is selfless and she is trying to help people. She like, it's not just about me, me, me. In that first movie, it very easily could splinter off into all of them just doing their own thing and, and just doing whatever they can to survive. And, and one or two of them I'm trying to remember now, well, stock market guy, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, he is, I'm not here to lose. I'm not going to die. And yeah, he'll share the jacket, but when there's one antidote, he's getting it. You know, right. and, Tried to kill um, Ben for it. Yeah, yeah. And in the second movie, it was nice because all of the characters were like, we're going to work together here. And we know that we might die one by one, but we're not going to die one by one because we're leaving someone intentionally behind. Right. Or trying to harm someone. Now, they've all gone through it before, too. And that's where... um the one that you were talking about who found the refrigerator exit at the mm-hmm. beginning when she finds out we're in this again and she just starts breaking down. Yeah. You know, cause she had already done this once before she had already been the, the sole survivor and there was, that was what drew me into these characters was this, when they realized what was going on and none of them were happy about it. And, but then they all were working together. And, and which is how escape rooms are supposed to be. You work together, right. you know, and you figure out the clues. Um, but this is also a Hunger Games situation a little bit, where yeah. there's going to be one survivor left. And yeah. And, and Zoe broke the rules in the first one. That's the other thing I really appreciate about the first one is she just said, no, I'm not going to play their game. She breaks the rules. And so she and Ben both are able to survive. And that was that was something that I missed from the first one that they didn't have in the second one was in the first one there was still a bit of character development going on as they were going through the char- through the uh um escape rooms um you know Zoe was breaking out of her timidity you know Ben was learning how to be better I mean it was just there was there was a little bit more character development than happened in this one and in the new one, I think. Um, Cause in the new one, it was just like, we're here. Let's look at the puzzles. And that's kind of the, I don't know. It, it's just with the second one, the characters fell a little bit flat with me is all I'm saying. Yeah. And then also in the first one, all of the games and puzzles have to do with all of the characters right in the second one, all the games and puzzles have to do with, well, the Amanda, I think is her name in the movie, mm-hmm. but the one that they brought back from the first movie who was supposed to have died, but you didn't see it. So it didn't happen. And there's a lot of, in the second one, there's a lot more leaps of logic where Zoe's saying things yeah. like, I feel like we're in someone else's story right now. I'm just yeah. thinking, I'm not feeling that. Like <laughs> they haven't shown me anything about this yet. Right. They didn't show it. They did a lot yeah. of they did telling, but not sh- not showing. And this may not have been on your agenda, but can we talk about the trailers before the movies a little bit? Sure. Because there was three that caught my attention. Okay. First of all, the new Venom movie. 
I didn't see the first Venom movie. I wasn't interested, but I, the, did you get, did you get the trailer for the second mm-hmm. Venom movie yeah, yeah. before yours? Yep. That, that actually has my attention, especially due to the fact that they're going to have carnage in it, which was like one of my favorite Marvel villains of all time. I mean, what were your thoughts on that? Um, the trailer feels like more of the same from the first movie. Oh yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. And they're going to have more time to play with it with the odd couple Mm-hmm. idea where the symbiotic relationship um tom hardy plays both eddie brock and the venom personality mm-hmm. yeah and so um yeah i would recommend seeing the first one if you're if you're interested in the second one definitely watch that first one okay just so you know what's going on and feel the setup and everything uh just realize tonally um it it almost feels like they don't know what kind of movie they're trying to make. Oh, I hate that. And and so there's there's moments of kind of gross out gore. There's moments of just humor and mm-hmm. and uh, and those are probably the best moments in a lot of ways. What's the the give and take between uh, Eddie and the symbiote? Um, and then there's also CGI fights. Mm. You know, CGI superhero fights. So. Just be aware. Do I have to have seen any of the Spider-Man movies? Nope. Okay. It good. is not tied into that at all. So as of happy. right now. So happy. Yeah. And uh, it may, it may or may not be even in a part of the, the Marvel cinematic universe. Sony has the rights to make Spider-Man movies. So mm-hmm. Sony is working with Disney with newer Spider-Man movies, but Spider-Man movies include Venom and, any other character that is a Spider-Man character. So mm-hmm. Venom as a franchise right now is just its own thing in its own little world. Sweet. Happy about that. Uh, Candyman. Yes. What an I interesting knew, trailer. I knew they were going to reboot the series. I already knew that. And I know that Tony Todd is coming back as Candyman, but I did not expect to see a trailer for it in front of this movie. And I am so excited. My wife looked at me at when we were after the trailer got done. She's like, we're going to see that. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jordan Peele is a producer on it. And so that surprised me. That definitely gives a, a degree of pedigree for it. But um, that looked really, really interesting. Right. Uh, there was a third movie to the sequel to don't breathe. Okay. Did you, did you see the first one? I did not see the first one. No, no. Did you? Yes. I I own it. (laughs) Okay. All right. The don't, the first don't breathe. And it looks like the second one is going to be the same, much in the same way. It's one, it's another one of those movies that really rides the line of, would you classify this as horror or thriller? A lot of uh, most movie critics will call it a horror film. I'm inclined to disagree. Uh, But the first movie, as it takes place, it's kind of a, but a bunch of uh, delinquents that are kind of doing a little bit of a home invasion robbery on a blind guy that they later find out was like some war vet. And it's kind of a home invasion twisted around sort of thing because he starts defending his home and there's a few surprises I won't spoil, but he's not exactly a great guy either. Um, but in the second movie, they kind of do the same thing, but instead they kind of flip it around 
to where he's the good guy in this movie? I don't know. It's an interesting take to spin it and then make the bad guy in the first movie the good guy in the second movie. The the one thing I know about it, because I can't remember where I read this, but I, I read something where, like, in the first movie – you're following these home invaders and it's mm-hmm. their story. Yes. And in this movie, it's his story. Right. And you're, you're following him. Absolutely uh, correct. I'm very curious about it. The, the idea of the, the blind guy who can do all the, the, the things, but better because he's blind. <laughs> like that's. It, it's a little bit more like daredevil or blind fury yeah. with Rutger Hauer, but. And, and, that's something that's always intrigued me. And I, um, well, someday I'll, I'll have to tell you about my blind vampire killer story. It's a, I'd read that old West book. blind Jesuit vampire hunter. Really? Yeah. Yeah. His name's Gideon. And Why I did have one comic, this story. comic book. Huh? Why have you not made this comic book? It is an eight page comic story right now that we did a long time ago for a horror anthology. And you then, need to make that into like a 128 page graphic novel. I, I would, would love to. I would, would love buy to, that. Yeah, so those were just the preview points I wanted to just quickly touch on that I got excited about and wanted to gauge your excitement on them. These days, trailers, I get so impatient with trailers <laughs> these days. It used to be I go and I'm like, I'm so excited to see what are the trailers going to be. There's going to be three or four really good trailers. And now it's like eight or nine. Yeah. I just start like looking at my watch. I've been here for 45 huffing. minutes and the movie hasn't even started. Yeah, almost. All right, John, where can people find you online? What are you doing these days that people can listen to or download? Or get uh, the two into? most relevant things I am doing on the interwebs right now. I play Nick Foster in the randoms on supersonic pod comics. So check me out there. Ben is also affiliated with that crew. Um, And then an adjacent podcast I do with people from Supersonic is Playing Games with Strangers, an actual play D&D podcast where several of us voice actors and one of the writers get a little bit goofy and play D&D. And that's where I've played my first ever game of D ever in my life we did have ben on there for an episode as well so that's a little nugget for you to look forward to uh you can find us at playing games with strangers.com uh that is our homepage there uh yeah so those are my two things i think all right thank you for stopping by john thank you for uh talking about these movies um so we'll figure out cube or devil if we do devil, we might want to include, I don't know, old in there too, because of the Shyamalan uh, connection. Are you interested in seeing old? Have you seen um, the trailer? You sent me the trailer, and I will repeat what I said uh, when you sent me the trailer, in that the trailer was engaging enough to ha- to get me interested, and, but uh, and if I could trust Shyamalan to consistently make and good movie i would probably see it before i read any reviews but i'm gonna have to wait for some reviews before i go see it because right now he is severely hit and miss with me i all i know is there can't possibly be anything worse than the diaper scene 
in uh you didn't like the visit oh, i liked the visit but that diaper scene <laughs> that was possibly the most gross thing ever that i've seen in a theater ever you know what you know what ben that's a christmas movie <laughs> we could talk about that at christmas we could we could man oh man and then and then the kid rapping at the end that was the yeah. other thing like yeah. everything is the, the diaper thing okay it fit but it really was disgusting but then the rap at the end i'm just like oh come on like nobody is... wants this i yeah if i wanted to see a middle school talent show i'd go to my nephews granted the, the kid had some talent like he, <sighs> he, he'd do great at your nephew's talent show for sure i mean so yeah um i don't know i <laughs> old old i'm interested but i'm not sold on yet but devil like i like i told you i recommended it to a previous pastor of mine when he finally saw it the recommendation went out over the pulpit to the congregation. Now it's not directed by Shyamalan, right? It's no. uh, produced by him. I know that, but um, let me find out what his, let me, let me ask my good friend, IMDB, and I can tell you exactly what Shyamalan had to do with this movie. It was during, it was during the time frame that uh, he was a little bit hands off. He wrote it. He he wrote the he he was he has writer's credit on it. Okay. So there is that. Was this after the happening? Yes. Okay. Which I did finally see the happening. I have yet to see it. I've been told not to waste my time. It's hit or miss for me. Like I I wouldn't recommend it to just anyone, but I don't feel like it's a complete waste of time. It's just a partial waste of time. Well, after I saw his uh rendition of the last airbender i don't trust him <laughs> i don't fair enough that was not good <laughs> no no and i wanted it to be so bad me and my wife were our diehard we are diehard last air, airbender fans and that just i was glad she wasn't in the room to have to witness it that's all i'm saying <laughs> Uh, and for me, that is my entire exposure and experience with Avatar The Last Airbender is that movie. I have not seen any episodes of the show at all. Oh, that's a, that's a shame, bro. Do yeah. you have do you have Amazon Prime by chance? I do. I do. Uh, it's on there for free. Watch it. Well, maybe. Maybe someday. You'll thank me. <laughs> all right. Well, that's our episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you again, John, for joining me. Absolutely. And for uh, taking the time to watch the movie and talk about it. And uh, we haven't been doing too many uh, road trips, mainly because I now don't live in the same town as Evan. So a road trip is going to be a little more complicated to have happen. So we're doing this. <laughs> it, it would actually be a real road trip for you. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Although I do want to just invite him over and we can walk to the theater and record as we walk to the theater downtown. But um, it's terrible theater. So I shouldn't say it's terrible theater. I had a not great experience though at it with the, the sound for Congress is Godzilla. So, well, again, thanks for listening. And to everyone in your escape room, I hope you do well and Godspeed. 
You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at strangeandalien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is one 804 Once again, thanks for listening. Why? Why? Why?